0: What's going on, everyone? Thanks for listening in. Great to be with you today on the radio, on the podcast. Paul George in studio. Deacon Adam Conk. What's up, my man?
1: So good to be with you, Paul
0: George. Absolutely. It's a nice hot summer. And we got uh, producer Chad in the studio. How do we come up with the name, producer Chad? I, I can't remember. Because he's not producing any. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. no,
1: no. He, he's a content specialist. Sure. he he uh contributes much to the have you seen segment. Okay, so which people love. So that's it, part of production. <laughs> I think people love.
0: Okay, so here's a here's an analogy. Have you ever, do you ever maybe this is a Louisiana thing. I don't know. Did you ever grow up and you had an uncle who wasn't actually your uncle but you called him uncle?
2: Yes. That's okay. a
1: good analogy.
2: Y'all both it did. It's just like that. Okay. Well, I didn't have that but but I'm starting to be called that. I, have, like, I have friends three. having kids
0: I yeah. okay. have like,
1: three uncles that weren't my uncles and
0: then you find out one day they're not really your uncle but it's okay you're cool with it
1: I was mad at first but then I but they I, had a title at...
0: <laughs> they had a title that wasn't really because
1: it fit their relationship maybe not right. their role but their relationship to the show they're more than just like a mister or a missus you know what I mean
0: mm-hmm. right yeah yeah so I had an uncle who wasn't my uncle it was my dad's first cousin but he was like an uncle but he wasn't an uncle I maybe losing thing. and I had a few him. of those. No, I mean when I found out, I was like, "Really?" I kind of wanted him to be my uncle. Now he's not; he's a cousin, like yeah. a second, third cousin, you know. So Chad is producer Chad, but he's not really producing anything.
2: Do you feel like I'm a producer on the show? Is that it?
0: I feel like you should be. Okay. Like you should be an uncle.
2: Right. Sure.
1: Right. Yeah. It's gonna be well, a just, while before. I'll just my teach uncle. him how to push some buttons, and then.
0: Well, that's what I'm then thinking. start producing. I'm yeah. thinking if he's gonna have the title let's move him into <laughs> some time to time to phase
1: in i would producing. be all i would be all for that
0: man we got a good show uh i'm just gonna throw it out there we got like a trifecta of like powerhouse feast
1: days coming up mm, yeah august is always like i love august for that reason it's a packed year of the feast days
0: trifecta meaning like month, three in month. a row mm. but if you actually keep going through august it's like
1: boom 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 what yeah. is
0: it about august I don't Uh, know. Augusto.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful, Paul.
0: All right. Speaking of producer Uncle Chad, do you have a, have you seen?
1: What did you say?
2: That is so interesting.
0: For real, though?
2: Okay. I think 2020 is officially the year of the apocalypse. Really? Yes. So. I'm ready. We've all seen tornadoes, Mm -hmm. hurricanes. Mm -hmm. We even saw that giant dust storm from the Sahara. Have you ever heard of a derecho? Derecho. 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 Derecho.
0: Is that Italian?
2: No, it's Spanish. It Spanish? Hispanic. But, but it doesn't come... It was some professor in Iowa that called it a, a derecho back in 1888. But we just had one. We did. Yes. In the Midwest. It is a... Derecho means straight ahead. Okay. It's a wall of wind.
0: A wall of wind.
2: A wall of wind just passing through a place. And just really? destroys. Now, I did yes. see on
0: the news, like, there was a lot of stuff in, like, Iowa that, like, went down trees
2: and stuff. I thought it right. was maybe so a tornado. So, I went from South Dakota to Ohio traveling at 700 – it traveled 770 miles in 14 hours. Go. Oh. Yep. Which I don't know what the mile per hour on that is. I should have probably done the math. But that just happened. Now, how how
0: wide was the wall, did they say? Like, it, and uh, it just travels and it just knocks down everything in its path. Yeah.
2: yeah it just it – just, yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a bulldozer. Just pass through God, states. Man, that's amazing. Nuts. That is crazy. I, I don't even... Yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't I know, mean, know what to say about that. <laughs>
0: I've never seen anything like well, it. Well, it's the kind of year where oh. something
1: like that happens and it doesn't make the top four headlines. Right. right
0: yeah, so I saw, actually saw this invention where, you know, for those people who have a lot of tornadoes, is that your, your bed uh, goes up and turns so so it's you know it it moves up and then the bottom of your bed turns into a tornado shelter wow yeah it's
2: a good idea it's like a crib but for adults so
0: instead of running outside you know your bed moves up and then the bottom is like this fortress and you get in it and like it can take any wind or like trees falling on it or something it's
2: a it's pretty oh cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this exists in the United States.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, like in any moment, you know, so if the apocalypse is coming, like, mm-hmm. like Chad, producer Chad, Uncle Chad saying, <laughs> you, Uncle Chad, you, you can get it, you, you can get in, in this thing. Wow. I think That's I might wild. just get one to like hide from my kids. <laughs> Man,
2: speaking of weird <laughs> dads things. in a special place, leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking have of weird A little
0: things. mini bar in there, <laughs> <laughs> something.
2: That'd be Nice. Weird things that I saw recently too in houses is like in, I think it's, it's known for being in Baltimore or no, 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 Philadelphia. And people have like just random toilets in their basements or Pittsburgh, that's where it was. Toilets in their basements.
1: Functioning and, toilets?
2: Yeah. Functioning toilets in their basements without any like privacy stuff around it. It's just a toilet. Hmm. And it was because things were getting backed up a bunch. And so when things in the city got backed up, it would go into this little toilet in their basement instead of all over there house. Oh, gotcha. It was like a safety valve.
1: Kind of, but a full toilet. (laughs) That's great. Thanks, Uncle Chad. You're welcome.
0: These are the types of things (laughs) that uncles talk about.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe instead of calling him Producer Chad from now on, we just call him Uncle Chad. Yeah. Because this is
0: exactly the type of things old uncles talk about.
1: Yep. (laughs) They just
0: bring up random.
2: (laughs) 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 I I only had one real uncle. So, maybe this is just me making up for all of it. Yeah, I, my parents had a lot of sisters.
0: Okay, so, so only one uncle. And right? Was, was he kind of you know?
2: He was. Mm, I don't. We don't really talk. Gotcha. Mm, for good reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Anyway, well, you can be everybody's uncle now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Everybody sure. who's listening, I'll take, I'll take over the role. If you need an uncle, if you want to adopt an uncle, he's he's a fair guy. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he would I know make, some magic tricks. He would be. He would be a, a good uncle. Okay. So speaking of trifecta, those of you guys who are listening. Uh, Thanks for listening on the podcast, on the radio. Um, August is like this month of powerhouse saints and feast days and the whole nine yards. I mean, okay, so in three days, okay, we got St. Maximilian Colby, hello, Feast of the Assumption, right, and St. Stephen of Hungary, boom, boom, and boom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Three days in a row, and that's not including the fourth, fifth, sixth day. That's just three days right now, today, tomorrow, and the next day. day. It's wild. Okay, so speaking of, let's go to tomorrow real quick, because Feast of the Assumption, you guys are going to be busy tomorrow. Y'all are working, for those of you guys who aren't in Louisiana, maybe Deacon Adam can explain this unique feast day that we all share, but in Louisiana, kind of how we're celebrating it.
1: Yeah, it's the 6th or 7th annual de Tesh, which started on the 250th anniversary of the arrival of the Acadians to this land. And they went on the Tesh, which is a river, or we call it a bayou around here, um, that they ended up in St. Martinville and established the first Catholic community there. It's the oldest parish in the diocese. Which is how old? Oh, in the 17, late 1700s. So the Acadians
0: were, were French, Catholic, settled down here. For those of you guys who are thinking, nice, flowing, beautiful, clean river. <laughs> wipe that out of your mind. Uh, it's a bayou, which mud-colored. is mud-colored and doesn't flow much, and you just rock on it.
1: Yeah. you know? So to celebrate their this anniversary, Father Michael Champagne with the Community of Jesus Crucified, of which he is the superior priest, Um, Organize this event to have a Eucharistic boat procession down the Bayou Teche to follow the path of the Acadians, end up in St. Martinville, just like they did, and it would be an all-day affair. And his goal is to have this as an annual thing to promote not only devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharistic devotion, but to be something of a public expression of the faith of this area, Mm. particularly this Catholic Cajun area, to help hold on to our Catholic heritage. So, th- for example, the uh, Cajun culture itself was in a lot of danger. Um, you know, 1900s, mid-1900s, we just weren't passing on our stuff to our kids. You know, the language, the food, the culture, it just wasn't happening. So these ideas of these festivals came out. We just started, everybody got a festival. We have a frog festival, <laughs> a boudin festival, rice festival, you name it. And these festivals have been so successful to handle our our culture that it not only handed on the culture to our kids, but now the whole country thinks Cajuns are cool. They know how to cook and they're funny, right? Like in other words, us creating these festivals help pass on and promote our Cajun heritage. So Father Champine's idea is we have a festival for God, a festival for the Lord, a festival for our lady to help hand on the faith to our kids, but also to tell the world around us that this is a great thing to do. And it's having that effect. Last time I went last year, we had a, on my boat, we had a youth group from California that heard about the, uh, the Fete du de deteche. They, they sent their youth group on pilgrimage to Acadiana to participate, and we had a few of those kids on, on our boat. So it's, it's working. you know. Every year we do this, and we got it recognized as a state holiday. It's not a paid holiday yet, but that's Father Sean Pine's <laughs> goal, is that in the state of Louisiana, uh, it'll be a bank holiday one day. This Feast of the Acadians is what it's called in, in the state of Louisiana, just recognizing the day they arrived— on the day of the Assumption every year.
0: So the day they arrived is on the Feast of the Assumption. Tradition tells us...
1: I don't know. I do know that they flew under the flag of Our Lady of the Assumption, which mm-hmm. became the Akkadian flag. Gotcha. I don't know the exact date. It may be, but we're marking that date on the 15th of August.
0: Now, the significance of it being on the Feast of the Assumption is pretty awesome. It's right? very, umption. <laughs> very <laughs> umption. Very umption. <laughs> very umption. Very
1: awesome for the Assumption. Because Our Lady, they uh, guided the... Acadians in their hearts and through their journey on the sea. Of course, Mary means star of the sea, Um, also means lady, queen. So she is both of those. As we journey on the sea of this life, she is that star who's already in heaven as we celebrate in the Assumption. She's already there uh, shining brightly from there. So she's not like this dim light that we can't see. She's a bright light from heaven that helps guide us on our journey toward that same goal. Um, So yeah, the Assumption, Our Lady of the Assumption, very important for the Acadians and for us.
0: Now, when you say uh, boat procession, like the Eucharist is on a party barge.
1: Eucharist on a party barge, and the monstrance is like 20 feet high. And uh, there are, this year there's going to be almost 60 boats in a mile-long procession. For 30 miles. For 30 miles.
2: It's beautiful, really. It's incredible. Wow. It has made international news. I've seen it on yeah. international
0: well, and Uncle Chad's going to be on the boat this year. I will be. Um, actually producing.
2: Actually yeah. producing.
0: Actually producing. He'll be producer Chad for the, real. He, I will. The video internet feed for people to right. watch. So people can actually watch the procession. Yes. So how do they watch
2: it? They watch it through Fet Dadutesh's Facebook page. Which, no one listening can spell which, that. Right. Fet is F E T E. and. Is it DeiU?
1: De- <laughs> one of those. D-E-I-U. 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 The, the easiest actually, thing? D-E-I-U. easiest D-I-U. thing, go to D-E-U. JesusCrucified.net. Right. JesusCrucified.net, and it'll have a link. Uncle yep. Chad
0: does not speak French. <laughs> no, not I don't not speak well. French. <laughs>
1: Me no speak French say a few things. Right. And what's cool is every year, the Pope Francis, the Pope Francis, Pope Francis gives a plenary indulgence to anyone who participates. But this year, because of COVID, anyone who watches the Facebook Video gets the plenary indulgence and participates that way. Mm. It's the new evangelization. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's important. Or listens to the broadcast, which will be on Catholic Radio for Katie Anna all day, uh, as well. So. so
0: is there someone commentating? Like, if you're listening, producer to the,
1: Chad, I will be. Yes. If you're
0: listening to the broadcast, is it just like a motor in the background from the from the party barge, or are you I actually uh, like we're about to.
2: <laughs> I'll use <laughs> be my Father best. My Father Champagne is My best coaching. producer voice commentating voice.
0: So it's just like, for those of you guys who are listening, we're... Uh... Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, to kind of explain, well, people are watching to explain where we're at, when there's times of, of silence, especially for a long time. But there should be, if I'm not mistaken, music
1: playing and... Yeah, there's stuff all different day. prayers happening an opening mass. There'll be rosaries, The yeah. offices pray throughout the day, the rosary, different devotions. Um, so there's stuff happening the whole day.
2: Right. So I'll be talking in the silence, that's about it. And, and, Yeah.
0: For those of you guys who aren't from Louisiana, I know that you're you're like trying to figure this out in your head. So but just don't. Like just (laughs) just go watch it so you can actually see it right on video and be like, oh, there's actually Eucharistic adoration happening on a party board. It's going down this real, (laughs) real muddy bayou through country and through towns and through cities for 30 miles, blessing it. I, I have a feeling that on Sunday, COVID will be gone along the bayou.
1: I'm glad you said that because in a particular way, the FET this year is being offered up for an end to the coronavirus. So Father Champagne has dedicated the whole day to that um, through the intercession of Our Lady, so.
0: Hmm. We need Our Lady to be like that wall of wind, what do you call that thing? Derecho. Derecho, to just push COVID. You know, like Jesus, prayed and exorcised the demons into a herd of pigs, swine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they fell off the cliff. You guys know Mm -hmm. the story, right? Yeah. Um, Like if Jesus through the blessed sacrament can do an exorcism of the COVID (laughs) (laughs) into the Gulf of Mexico and just drown it.
1: Well, I would suggest if Jesus has taken suggestions that he put them in mosquitoes. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, that's a good one. Lots of mosquitoes, because they could take lots of COVID and then they just go drown themselves. That would be beautiful, pretty nice. Or roaches be fed by the or fish.
2: Fed to the fish.
1: <laughs> are those, do things eat mosquitoes? Or they yes. Fish, fish eat mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, snakes, frogs. Well, it might destroy our entire but economy. Then well, maybe not. No. No. Nah. No. Nah, nah, I'm sure the fish wouldn't catch it. <laughs> There's just so many mosquitoes down here. they like, I think we could lose a million and be okay. No, oh, we, we can, wouldn't even notice.
0: We, yeah, we wouldn't notice. But that—that that is a good, you know. If mosquitoes can be the new, <laughs> the new swine and instead of the Please. new wine,
1: <laughs> just send those a mosquitoes bunch of happy Cajuns, Cajuns with a million less mosquitoes. All right, we're
0: gonna pray, and I know Father Michael on tomorrow as you guys are doing the procession, uh, an end of the coronavirus, like just you know, a wall of the Holy Spirit would just move it out into the Gulf.
1: Be awesome. That's a great image. Have exercised those demons. Let's do it. All right,
0: we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare-sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, and now Uncle Chad in the studio. <laughs> I mean, this, is just, this is just great. Thanks for listening in <laughs> Want to encourage you guys uh, to join us on our Cajun festival tomorrow, (laughs) the Fête de Dieu.
2: Fête Dieu, Fête Dieu de Tesh.
0: De 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 Tèche. The Tèche is the name of the river. So just so you're knowing. So what's the
1: Dieu? God. 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 Ah, yeah. So in in France, the tradition of these big public feast days were called Fête Dieu, a God party, a a God God festival. That's beautiful. Yeah. So they're. I don't know if they have any left in France. They might, but that was the big public all day. Everybody gets off of work and we celebrate a feast day, a fed due. So this mm. is a fed Du Teche Love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if someone actually wants to drive in or they're in town, they're listening here on Friday and they want to go and say, is it where can they actually physically view the, well, it's,
1: it's still not too late to get your boat. If you, if you have a boat and you're listening, you just uh, join in, go to huh? Jesus. No, you got to sign up. Go okay. to JesusCrucified.net mm-hmm. and you can, uh, there's a waiver you need to sign. Um, there's some regulations, particularly for COVID, that you need to be aware of and agree to. But it's nothing unreasonable. And mm-hmm. then you, uh, you can join the procession. But there are stops along the way at different church parishes where you can participate in a holy hour and rosary um, just at that stop.
0: So if you go to the webpage, you can find out where mm-hmm. those stops are. You can be
1: there to, to be at that specific stop. Exactly. You can hang out in your own little
2: Cajun small town for a, little, for a day.
1: Yeah. yeah. And if you live along the bayou, a lot of folks will just go out and greet the procession, um, which is pretty neat. So, yeah, if, when you're on the boat, you, you're driving down, but then you see, like, these crowds of people as you drive along, like, all waving or praying or whatever. So it's pretty neat.
0: That's great. All right. So speaking of the trifecta happening these next three days, so we have the Feast of the Assumption tomorrow, um, which is a huge feast day, by the way. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the, the procession and the Acadians, but the feast day is huge,
1: right? Huge. Huge. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those...
2: Normally, a, is it normally a
1: holy day of obligation? Yeah. 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 But we don't have any of those anymore in COVID. Right.
0: Plus, it falls on a Saturday. So it's always. Yeah, wouldn't have been either. Yeah. It's kind of weird um, in a sense of that. But usually the feast of the assumption is a holy day of obligation because we go and honor Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's a beautiful feast day traditionally, particularly for us as Cajuns, you know, our heritage being from France, that that Catholic Mm -hmm. heritage. There's always been a special connection with the Acadians and the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? Mm -hmm, Which mm is why. you know, we're celebrating this feast and Father Michael Champagne with the procession and whatnot. It's good, but actually today is a pretty big feast day or saint day, Saint Maximilian Colby. What a guy. What a guy.
1: Yep, we're all a bunch of wisses compared to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to complain about life,
1: go right ahead. But if you want to <laughs>
0: stop complaining, why don't you just read about the life of Maximilian Colby? And then it'll put your life in a whole new lens of, you know, meaning and purpose and, you know, like what's, you know, what you should be worried and complaining about. I mean, this guy was the real deal.
1: Absolutely. I mean, a holy Franciscan priest to begin with, greatly devoted to Our Lady, uh, so much so that he founded an organization, the Militia Immaculata. And he's actually one of the patron saints of media because he used every uh, new media at his disposal, which was mainly printing, uh, radio, to promote devotion to our Lord and to our Lady. So he, he was very much like a creative, innovative type priest, right? Um, but then, being from Poland, being Catholic, being a priest, he gets captured by the Nazis, sent off, sent off to Auschwitz, that famous concentration camp, um...
0: Just crazy. He was ordained at age twenty-four, you know, mm-hmm. young, and just came out of the seminary on fire for the gospel. You know, uh, a lot of people don't realize Maximilian when he got, you know, he was already ordained a priest, living this great life and had already done a lot of work. That's right, in, in including in the media and in print of spreading the gospel through media and print um, before he ever got captured and sent to concentration camp
1: yeah even before what he's famous for he had done so much work for the lord and this is what always gets me as a very young man Mm -hmm. right like i don't know we kind of see the saints as like these older wiser figures but the vast majority of them were younger than like me right in in their activity
2: yeah they have a host of saints that died at like 24 24, or something yeah. yeah
1: And so he accomplished a great deal for the Lord before his greatest work in the concentration camp. Yeah.
0: So he was arrested multiple times. And then, you know, in 1941, he was arrested again and brought to Auschwitz, you know, and was, you know,
1: there in the concentration camp.
0: As the story goes, right, um, they were executing folks.
1: Yeah, someone escaped. Um, A prisoner actually escaped. They were successful. So to discourage any further prisoners to try to do that again, they selected 10 random people to die in starvation chambers. Starvation chambers are like isolation chambers, dark, terrible, and they basically, they're underground, so like, they can't hear the screams of people. You know, the Nazis aren't bothered by that. They just literally put you in a hole and forget about you mm. until you're dead. So they choose 10 people to die like that. None of them were Maximilian Colby. and... Um, one of them was this father and husband that Maximilian was ministering to. So he said, I want to go in his place. And sold, the um, Nazi folks allowed it. And so he goes into the starvation chamber. And it takes, they were already weak and starved to begin with. So they're not like plump like you and I, where we could probably <laughs> go for, I don't know, six weeks mm-hmm. before we die. I mean, these were like skin and bones people to begin with. So it took two weeks of agonizing torture, and you go nuts. I mean, you're already going nuts because you're in a concentration camp. So they started to go insane. St. Maximilian Kolbe would calm through ministry the, the difficulties of suffering that people were having, taught them songs to Our Lady that they would sing frequently, and then he's the last one left. So they all die, and on August 14th, this day, in 1941, uh, they decide to shoot him because they didn't want to wait any longer. Mm. And on August fifteenth, they burned his body. So on the feast of the Assumption, Our Lady, who we love so much, when her body was consumed into heaven, his body was consumed by the fire on that same date.
0: What? How crazy is that? Because his whole priesthood was committed and um, you know consecrated to Our Lady, and then he's you know burned on her feast day. It's wild. He's a contemporary saint. I mean, he was canonized in nineteen eighty two. You know, so. And I was alive during that time. Like, so like to know that, like, you know, he was a contemporary saint. I mean, this is obviously in the World War II era, you know, it says this, he says, I would like to take that man's place. He has a wife and children. And, you know, the guard said, who are you? And he said, a priest, you know, Mm -hmm. so he literally takes the place, which is what Jesus does for us. Mm -hmm. Jesus takes our place on the cross. Like we were the ones that were sinful and destined to die in our sin, and Jesus takes our place. And as a as a Christian, like that's what we do for. That's what authentic love is 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 taking the place for someone else. And yeah, you know, he did exactly what Jesus would do in that moment. And we often say that, you know. And you, you you know, you mentioned earlier, like we're kind of wusses compared to Maximilian Kobe. And I would agree, and I would say that about myself. Like, how many people do you know? Like, when you say, you know you know, do what Jesus would do in that moment, or what would Jesus do? Like, he did exactly what Jesus would have done in that moment.
1: Yeah, and that's not just theory. Because, I mean, there is this moment when Jesus— it's, it's a moment in every martyr's journey, St. Maximilian Colby's, that Jesus had that exact moment, which was the night before he died in the garden the time came for the beginning of the liturgy of his martyrdom, the liturgy of him dying. And at the beginning of it, they're looking for him, they're seeking him, and they say, We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, He stands up and he says, I am he. Mm-hmm. And that begins the process. So in, in this case, St. Maximilian Colby, who are you? A priest. Knowing that, saying that, identifying himself, I am a Christian, I am a priest. That would begin to, that was the beginning of the end. And every martyr has that moment, right? Like, who are you? A Christian. Knowing that, saying that begins a process that leads to your death. This is, this is what happens at every priest's ordination. When you are ordained or a deacon, at the ordination, they call your name and you say, present. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you put yourself out there that I am here for whatever this leads to. And uh, so we have this like, white martyrdom if you will that anytime we say we're a christian and we know it's going to bring suffering pain anxiety and uncomfortability we're like jesus we're like saint maximilian colby saying yes to whatever this new liturgy of suffering ends with which we might not know you know mm.
0: yeah and you know in our current you know church and whatnot a lot of times you're like oh you're a priest well let, let me do everything for you you mm-hmm. know l- let me you know like oh you you get the the seat of honor Right. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. sort of this clericalism and priesthoods really lived out through the life of Christ and mm. the life of someone like Maximilian Kolbe. Because it wasn't like when he said to the German guards, I'm a priest, that they would have been like, oh, well, OK, well, sorry, we we can't mess with you. Mm. Like they didn't care. As a matter of fact, because he was a priest was like, right. yeah, absolutely. We're going to we're you know, we're going to execute you. You know, we're no, gonna totally. Show them. If he would
1: have said, "I'm a candlestick maker," they might have said, "Well, we might have some use for you." But because mm-hmm. he said, "I am a priest," their hatred was was stirred.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it. You know, I, I look at the life of Maximilian Cobain, and I think, okay, this guy lived in the contemporary times, not far reach for us, a, a human being, uh, obviously, who just made a choice to live for Christ. Like, how often am I willing to do that? And look, you know, I. You know I don't know this but probably not in my lifetime will I be thrown in a concentration camp okay but the word martyr means to witness it means to be a witness I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity in your life where someone actually looked down on you you were humiliated because you told someone that you were a Christian or a Catholic and almost to the point where they were venomous to towards you uh, in a sense that they begin to hate you because of your beliefs, right? that That's what it means to be a witness, to be a martyr. In a lot of our scenarios today, is, is and it's sense to be humiliated because of h-
1: how strongly we believe in Jesus. I think for most of us, too, the martyrdom of charity is something we're not willing to take on, which is, we just live in a culture where we don't want to put up with anybody's faults. We just don't. Like, if, if, if you annoy me, if I disagree with you, I just don't want to put up with you. I don't want you in my life, right? But this is not Christianity. Christianity is we are all broken and sinful, but we're in each other's life. And there's a slow martyrdom to self where I'm going to love you even though you annoy me, even though I disagree with you, even though maybe you've hurt me or you've betrayed mm-hmm. me or... You've sinned against me. I still want to be in your life to love you. Maybe at a distance because that's healthier. But my, my point <laughs> being, our big wuss factor, I think, that St. Maximilian can help us out, is that we think, you know, this is too much way too easily as Christians. Like, this is too much for me. It's one of the reasons why we struggle so much in our marriages in the mm-hmm. church. Our way too, too much for me bar is so low, right? It is. Like, I just can't take this anymore
2: it is That's something i've been i think about too is is evaluating my own like you have like this fight or flight response and i think that we sort of in in our marriages we'll have like a flight response whenever things get really difficult. Maybe we're just like man, maybe if i just leave this moment or the situation like things will get better or like maybe i made the wrong decision getting married or having kids mm-hmm. or whatever and there's like a this temptation to just like instead of stepping into it and embracing it and trying to you know just die to yourself like forget about you said, you said one time to me that after three kids, I realized I was just never going to get what I wanted. <laughs> and I think the sooner we start to uh, accept that truth, which is not like a harsh, evil truth. It's like a freeing truth that like when I get what I want, it's a gift and not something that I is owed to me or de- I deserve. Like my life, I don't deserve X, Y, or Z. It's not something that's, it's a gift, something to be grateful for to get these things that I long for and desire. And yeah. And, and as we die to ourselves and make a gift of ourselves to other, like, like in that simple act, Maximilian Colby saved that man and his family, but also like the 10 people that he met or nine people, nine other people that he gets to minister to that could have wallowed in their sorrows, mm-hmm. but instead chose to praise and live their life for God. Yeah. I like in that. those last couple weeks. Yeah. I like that. I like that a
1: lot. Well, and I think the, his answer is just someone could all think and pray about. You mentioned family life. You know, like, who are you? If I can answer a husband, mm-hmm. a dad, especially when I feel like not being a husband or feel like not being a dad, you know what I'm saying, or a good one, it's like it's like that temptation to give up, say, this is too much. I can't do it, the, the run away. It's like the devil himself is looking at me. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I'm either going to say, I'm your little wuss, Satan. <laughs> like, as soon as you push me enough, you know you got me. Yep. Or I'm going to say, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. And I'm going to let myself die to myself at that moment.
0: Yeah. And I'm a believer in Jesus. I follow him. You know, I was reading this book recently, and I was talking about the er- early desert fathers who were, you know, lived out in the desert and lived this contemplative life of prayer and monasticism and study right and they're saying that they developed like a word like the one of the most famous words of the early desert fathers wasn't like love or joy or hope it was the word today the word today like in the hardest moments of life when you want to leave the desert when it's hard to fast and pray and be alone like the word that they that got them through each moment was today Today, Lord, I'm going to follow you in this moment today. And I've been thinking a lot in my own life is like, you know, so, so often I'm zooming out and I'm trying to think about the future and tomorrow or the past or the whatever. And really following Jesus in the moment today. And when we prepare ourselves in following Christ, then in the moment we'll, we'll, we'll know what to do. For Maximilian Colby, he had prepared his whole life for that moment. In following Jesus and when that moment came he didn't know it would be that moment he knew exactly what to do who are you I'm a priest this is this is what I'm about this is what I'm gonna do he just knew what to do that in that moment you know he was following Jesus that day as hard as it was and then when he was in the chamber I'm sure he was just helping people suffer in the moment today right now right and he outlasted everyone so that he could help comfort them in their death like that's how powerful you know that was to the point where they had to actually execute him you know so today like just this moment today is the only moment that I can live for Jesus right now you know and that helps me to find comfort in grace and in Christ and in the things that I can't control and can't change right
1: mm. So. right on st. Maximilian Colby it's all-star
0: bring it on all right we'll take a break and we'll be right back the Paul George show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthshare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity Healthshare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity Healthshare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit solidarityhealthshare.org at solidarityhealthshare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George digging out of Conk and Uncle Chad in the studio. I don't know why it makes me laugh, because
2: <laughs> it fits, I think. I think we, we can th- fit the Cajun theme and call me Nonc Chad.
0: Nonc means Uncle. Right. So you do know French. I don't I know some. You know some words. Some words.
2: Yeah, I couldn't speak to my papa, right. who speaks French.
0: <laughs> but you didn't know what "fet" tete. I don't know what "de" meant. De. Yeah.
2: But I do. I, yeah, God, see.
0: Well, you and you can't mix it up with "de," which is two. Un de toi,
1: cinco. That's a different thing. I, I, this de. is one of the reasons I don't get de de French. De. It's just too close.
2: It's, you ever seen those videos where they? Uh, where they translate words, and they all sound similar. And it's like, verse, 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 and It's like a whole <laughs> sentence, but <laughs> all the words mean something different.
0: So speaking of uncles, I had no idea this was going to come up, but this is the perfect tie-in, i got to be honest with you. So I took French all through high school. We, oui. Okay. And I learned nothing. <laughs> now, one of my best friend's uncles, actual uncle, was our teacher. Okay. We called him Uncle Doug. Everyone called him Uncle Doug because my friend called him Uncle Doug, and so he became everyone's uncle. Well, the great thing about having Uncle Doug as your teacher is that eventually he would just give you the answers to everything, so we get the answers to the test, and I learned no French and passed, which is really, really important.
1: That is. Another victory for our educational system. Yeah. So
0: (laughs) thank you, Uncle (laughs) Bug, for all your help. But that's what uncles do. They give you answers to
1: test. I mean, you can't be
0: an uncle and be mean. There's no mean uncle. You shouldn't be. If you're a mean uncle, you don't deserve the title of uncle. Well, then you become
1: that uncle that you don't talk about. Right. Right. That's the mean uncle. The crazy
0: uncle that shows up at Christmas, and you're just like, that uncle? But most uncles are just supposed to be great uncles, Right. They give you the answers to Should the be. test, right? So I actually had a teacher named Uncle Doug. <laughs> <laughs> like, only in Louisiana would that ever ha- actually happen, That's right? It's beautiful. And I wish I could make it up, but I can't. <laughs> but, you know, here it's we go. Right.
1: You, you turned out okay. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so I just don't know much French. So, all right, here's the next of the trifecta. You guys ready mm-hmm. for this? This is a pretty cool uh, saint coming up on Sunday, uh, August 16th saint stephen of hungary you got you guys know much about saint stephen
2: not the one of hungary
0: no which one do you know about
2: the first martyr stephen the same guy the deacon no it's not the same guy okay i didn't think so
0: no he was might have been hungry but he wasn't from hungary (laughs) this is actually (laughs) saint stephen He was hungry for the lord of hungary
2: hope he he
1: was satisfied he (laughs) is
0: now (laughs) um so do you guys know much about him
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's a king, which is neat. Yes! How'd you know that? Well, I mean... I know some... (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. We
0: we have actually a saint who was a king. Like, he was royalty. We've
1: had a few. Okay. It's it's crazy. I mean, think about, like, St. Donald Trump running the country. (laughs) You know, to have a saint running your country is pretty... That's exactly what
0: it would have been like. It would have been like the president of your country actually being a committed Christian to the point where, like, you know, the political system's... Um, the tithing, everything was revolved around, you know, Christ and his church. Like that's Mm -hmm. what it was like for Stephen of Hungary is he inherited, you know, the throne from his father and was part of this royalty, but he was, you know, he was born a pagan, um, but was baptized at age 10 uh, with his father who was the chief. And then, you know, he, he grew into royalty when he succeeded his father. Um, He adopted a policy of, uh, Christianizing the whole country, both politically and religiously. That, I mean, that's using your 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 power, your for good, right? Your yep. your abilities, your gifts for good. Like, and and he was able to do that. You know, like how crazy is that? I just think it's cool. Like with the intercession of Saint Stephen, with everything that's going on in our world, you know, politically and you know, with you know, it's just heated topic, the elections coming up, all those things, is we can pray for his actual intercession for just good folks to lead our
1: cities, our states, our nation, right? It's a big deal. And look, as crazy as we think our times are, St. Stephen's was crazier. He was uh, at the turn of the 100s, I mean 1000s. And I mean, the the pagans had destroyed the Roman Empire a few centuries before that, but the the paganism that just flooded the the continent was still around right, so uh, as these countries become Catholic and christian there 's still this like bubble you, paganism doesn 't just go away, mm-hmm. and the fruit of it doesn 't just go away so it was a tumultuous time of of the church clashing with that that pagan culture and, and its influence and I mean it was not easy, it was not an easy time, and uh, so all these great, this great work he did was in a very difficult time, and I think too, we can ask for his intercession because. We can think that because this is a difficult time in our country, we won't get anything great done, or a difficult time in our church, we won't get anything great done. But in one lifetime, uh, the right leader was able to do a whole lot. And the thing is, we have leaders. We have leaders in our country, we have leaders in our church. We just need them to be holy leaders, like Mm -hmm. St. Stephen.
0: Yeah, the right leaders. And look, when you read about his
1: life and the political situation, then you're
0: like, man, I it kind of feels like we're in that situation again you know the toxic how toxic it is and just you know the the violence and the everything it's it's crazy what his his nephews tried to kill him so speaking of uncles they tried to kill their <laughs> uncle right um, Tried St. to kill St. Stephen him was that crazy uncle For that his didn't wife. Want to talk about um, his, his son Emmerich, died and they were actually both canonized him and his son in 1083. So think about that. I mean, he was Pretty married, early. a father, um, a king. You know, he had, had so many of these things that we can remember. And for to. all
1: your dads out there, St. Stephen and St. Emmerich and St. Henry are a good message of hope because they weren't saints because they were kings or royalty. They were saints because they were holy men. Hmm. They just happened to be kings. But St. Henry was his father in law. <clears throat> um, who was an emperor, right? So mm-hmm. he learned from his father-in-law, who was a saint and a ruler, how to do these things, right? And so as dads, like, we really can create a culture in our family that could last for a few generations and literally make saints. Like, it gives me a lot of hope um, because as busy as my life is, it's not as busy as Stevens or Henry's, mm-hmm. I would guess, you know, running – running a country and an and empire. An empire. Um, so I have the time to hand on my faith to my children effectively. No,
0: and, and look, <laughs> the burden of leadership, and we're all called in that burden of leadership. You know, we we lead our homes and our kids, and if that's what we lead, we lead. I mean, we're called to lead there. You know, we're we're called to just lead by the way we live our life. And, you know, some of us are called into more political leadership and, you know, leadership at work or whatever the case may be but it does take a toll there is a burden of it like you know when pope benedict you know retired or resigned you could see the weight of leadership on him like how much he had aged and how tired he looked right and mm-hmm. john paul ii like visible leaders that we saw in the church you, you know you could see the our popes age i mean oftentimes we're so critical of our leaders leaders in the church but there is a huge burden of that we have to pray for them at the mm-hmm. intercession that they will be strong leaders of Christ. Even political leaders, when you look at them, you're like, "Man, like, look how much they've aged in four years of their term, or eight years." You're just like, "Look at the gray." Yeah. And there is a burden of leadership that comes upon, you know, people who are called into this this leadership that we have to pray for that that Christ would be the one that sustain them in their leadership, particularly in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And that we need Christians, strong Christians, in our in To be you know our local leaders political leaders our state leaders our national leaders we people who are really for Christ and for folks that's what we need
1: and the Lord gives us canonized saints for a reason they're they're his masterpieces you know like he he painted a very holy amazing life not so that we could just admire them in a museum but that we can recognize in them what God is doing in our life too but maybe to a lesser degree so st. Stephen Henry, Emmerich are all great examples of lay leadership. Right. Leading politically and leading in their family and leading in the church, you know? And we probably won't have as much influence in leadership as they do, but we can see in this masterpiece of Christian leadership, lay leadership, an image of what we're supposed to be like, you know, and draw inspiration from them, but also their prayers and their intercession.
0: Very true. So that's Mm. why
1: we canonize these saints to begin with. And there's a variety of them because God can do a variety of amazing works. He can can save a woman from uh, the stain of original sin, keep her in his grace her whole life through, have her be the mother of God and assume her into heaven. He can lead a priest into Auschwitz that brings hope and salvation to people that are dying in terrible straits. And he can rule a country through saints. Um, God can do all these amazing works. These are beautiful masterpieces. But what's most important to us is that he wants to do an amazing work in our life just like he did with them
0: all three of these saints that we're talking about today stephen maximilian colby the feast of the assumption obviously blessed mother were all raised in families right and their families had a huge impact on their holiness like their life for christ and like that's where we learn life the most. Like that's where we're catechized and formed, you know, and so often that we put so much pressure on the church or our schools or whatever to do all the work. And actually we're called to do the work, you know, for our families and our children. And, you know, to just to give them th- this, this place where they can learn to be themselves in Christ so that when they become an adult, they can live that life and be like a Colby and a Stephen, you know, and, like, that's the that's the beauty of it. That's what we're called to lead right there.
2: It only takes like a short reflection on your own life to realize like your greatest w- wounds, but also your greatest lessons were learned like at your family's at your home. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of um, cool names coming up, you guys are wives are both due this year, yeah. right? Or well, this year,
1: within a month of each other. Yeah, within yeah. a month of each other. Mm-hmm. Is it a race? I think Probably, I'll win. Yeah. I'll go I with the think, Conks. I prefer, I'd prefer that Adam
2: wins, to be honest, the deacon. Because that Wentz. would mean
1: we were very late and you were very early. Right. But you also, no. also have more experience, a
0: little bit more. A little bit. Eight kids yeah. to one. I just
2: don't want my, my son to come out that early. And right. so you're all both
0: scary. having boys. Yep. Little In, baby boys. Are. Any names picked out? Not really. So can I suggest
2: Emmerich? Yeah. Uh, we have a name picked out, so yeah, dude. you, Sounds could, like a you spice. could suggest it to Adam. Is, Im- is Emmerich? Emmerich is not the name we chose. The name of it.
1: Well, the thing is, we're due around some pretty big feast days, so we'll have an idea, but we really need to wait to see what day he's Dude, You've now, really got you an ever- opportunity to name.
2: You know, you just have a long list of names you've gotten to choose, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you've... You just, you get to be creative, as creative as you want to be. I feel, like, I feel like the first few children, you have these names that you've been thinking of for a while. But after that,
1: just, just throw them like, out the window, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had to do that with our first kid. It's amazing how God does that to you. He just puts something on your heart, a name for your kid. Mm-hmm. But we had a certain name going to like two weeks before, and then it just switched. Wow. Know, in prayer. And, and then else, when, so. when
0: Thomas was born, were you like, you're a Thomas, and Thomas <laughs>
1: is your name? <laughs> You know, no, but I'll do that with the next kid. <laughs> you are hog, whoever, and I am your father.
0: <laughs> you are Emric. and Emric will be
1: your name. I am your father. He was going to be Joshua Paul, Joshua Paul, until about two weeks before we had. And him. he's ah. Thomas Daniel, Daniel. And you have neither a Joshua or a Paul. That's right. Just slipped through. Well, God had His own idea. I had my idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like. Yeah, Old Testament Joshua and like St. Paul, he's like the New Testament Joshua. He goes into the pagan territories and just <laughs> conquers him for the Lord. And that's what this son's going to be. You are Thomas. But gotcha. no, God had a different plan.
2: Yeah, we, uh, the name for, so we're going to be, he's going to be John Christopher. Unless two weeks before something changes. John Christopher being the middle name. And that was something we talked about like. Two years before we got married, which is dang kinda of bad. Probably probably not prudent, but uh, I mean
0: baby names are always out there, man. I know, I you know.
2: know. It wasn't prudent, but <laughs> I have got my wife brought
0: There's it things that are less prudent than talking about baby names. You know probably what I'm saying? Not. Like so I mean, if that's as it worked out imprudent as you guys got, then uh Right, you know. right, right. <laughs> did pretty well, Probably, yeah. You did pretty well.
1: And there are some saint days that if your kid's born on that day, you can do without it. Like mm-hmm. for example, Around our due date is Saint Gregory Nazianzen and Saint Basil. I don't think Basil (laughs) is going to be one we pick. So you know, I don't mind going with a different name. But like, if you're born on like an important day, I mean, I would feel really bad about not naming my kid. Right. Like like you're going to be due around Chad, the Feast of Saint Thomas Aquinas. Just throwing that out there. I mean, can you can you find it within yourself to name a son something other than Thomas if he's born on that day? (laughs) It'd be difficult. Okay. Okay. I'd be be really tough. (laughs) At least a middle name. Yeah. I did it. What'd you do? I did it. I did it. You did what? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so, son Jacob was born on the feast of St. Augustine.
1: That's one you could pass up, though.
2: He's awesome. He's
0: powerhouse. And yeah. it, he is his intercessor. It's still just a lot right? name. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of millennial
2: Catholics that are naming their, their boys Augustine. Yeah. Um, Augie. That I've seen. Auggie, Augustine. Yeah. I don't but think I like Augie. I had
0: a name picked out that I felt like God gave me, and I stayed with it. There you go. What's his middle name?
1: Paul. Like you,
0: like the saint. Nice. Not like me.
1: Paul. Paul is Paul's middle name. He's probably more like you than he is the, like the saint. I just, had, if I had to guess, probably, <laughs> probably. But y'all are both like the saints, so it's okay.
0: Yeah. N- no.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, n-
0: nah. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 a work in progress in the George. Aren't we all? all right? Aren't know? we
2: all? But your, your mission is not too far away from from what Paul lived. I mean, you, you go from city to city preaching the gospel. Yes. So right. not too far off.
0: Done that a lot in my life. Yeah.
2: You know, hey, I'm slowing not, down. Maybe you're not a saint yet. And
0: Paul was a tent maker. I think it's time to settle down and make some
1: tents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some good tents. Yeah. like yeah.
0: then and that's something that people don't realize. Oh, Paul was this, you know, great evangelist. Yes. Great saint. Absolutely. You know, wrote most of the epistles 100%. Right. He was, he was radical and shipwrecked. Uh-huh. And he was also a tent maker when he needed to be, like he needed to work and earn money and, you know, make a living or whatever. And um, sounds intense. It's a it's a great vocation He'd as probably well. Probably spent
2: most of his
1: time outside of the tents, <laughs>
0: <laughs> traveling from tent to tent.
1: Mm. Yeah, but there was a point where he gave it up and it became past tense.
0: <laughs> this is exactly what. But I for have to you, deal with for you,
1: it's more. Future, wonder what his future tense. tense, present tense. <laughs> Present. We're not making them right now. How do you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh. So you've been working on it secretly, yes,
2: <laughs> building up yeah. your craft. Poverty was his pretense.
0: Nice. Mm, paganism was his pretense.
2: It was, yeah.
0: Actually.
1: So it's getting pretty tense in the studio right now. Maybe we should move on. <laughs> hey, Listeners yeah, are sorry. like, what is this? Is this a Catholic <laughs> show? Yeah. Kinda. Huh.
2: <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> They'd actually.
0: Seriously, you guys. I mean, tents were a thing back then, by the way. It's you know, a tints? thing. Probably bigger than what they are now. I mean, we have tents to camp. There or to still are. Little party tent tents, companies. You know, tent mm-hmm. companies. But, you know, tents were like a legit thing. And think of how long it took to make a tent. Know, it was hot out there. The cloth and the sewing and the whole it, deal.
2: When you're on the beach, you want a tent. It's nice. One of those big tents. That's mm-hmm. actually
0: been an, an intercessor I've been praying to. is St. Paul the tent maker. Mm. Nice. <laughs> not the shipwrecker, not Saint Paul the shipwrecker, because he wrecked some ships. I don't know if he drank a lot. I don't know if he just didn't know how to sail, storm, whatever.
1: Well, to be fair, he was on a he was a prisoner. A couple. I'm times. not praying
0: to Saint Paul the prisoner
1: <laughs> on, the, on the on the boat or Saint Paul the murderer.
0: Saint Paul the murderer. Yeah, I've prayed a lot to Saint Paul the evangelist. Right now, Saint <laughs> Paul the tent maker. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Give me some tents to build, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, gosh. So, we have a trifecta coming up. So, you know, if you listen to the show, if you haven't listened to the whole thing, you know, you can go back and listen on the podcast. But uh, I want to invite you guys to pray either with the intercession of Our Lady of the Assumption, uh, the intercession of St. Maximilian Kolbe, or St. Stephen of hungry this week, this weekend. Particularly, like, what are some things in your life that you need specific intercession for, some prayers for, you know? Because I think it's important to identify those things, you know, in your prayer. And one of the beautiful things, you know, because we talk about saints on the show, uh, on feast days, is they're not just cool stories. They're, they're real people who lived real lives of holiness. Not only do we honor, but they actually are alive in heaven interceding on our behalf, if we ask,
1: right? hmm Yep, and there's this beautiful tapestry every night to remind us of that, the stars. We have that north star, or the moon, if you will, the brightest of which is the Blessed Virgin Mary, who we celebrate tomorrow. But glittering the sky are all these more or less dim canonized saints and non-canonized saints that guide us to that heavenly homeland as we journey. Yeah, I'll probably never be
0: canonized a saint, or recognized, but I hope at least that I lived, you know, a life of a, you know trying to be trying to be saintly. But I'm a work in progress. So my word this week and this month has been just the word today, like the word of the desert fathers. It's so simple and so human uh, that the moment, like right now, I just think today, like just be for God today in this moment you know and that's the invitation for us that the saints didn't you know try to be anything but who God was calling them to be in the moment in the day today through the suffering and you know there's one thing certainly in common with all the saints that I know is that they endured real life and real suffering and they learned what it was like to live for Christ in the moment in in the day right um, so that's the invitation for everyone today so thanks for listening uh, you can find the show on the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud. Share the show. Go to discovertheartofliving.com. You can see what we're doing um, and uh, all the events coming up, marriage coaching and whatnot. And thanks to Catholic Radio for Katie at KLFT. And thanks to Uncle Chad and Deacon Adam <laughs> for being a part of the show. And we'll talk to you guys next week. God bless.